0: good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida.
2: And I am Jacqueline Tiley from Fort Collins, Colorado. You are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 17th. We're at episode 3,101. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, horse world.
3: It's the third Tuesday of the month on Horses in the Morning. And that means we get deep into training, education, and horsey fun from the Certified Horsemanship Association.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Jacqueline, I got to tell you, I saw your predecessor who hosted this show for eight years. Christy was on this episode all those years, and I saw her at WISA, So we got to hang out for a little bit. And uh, for those that don't remember, she's now with the Raining Association. Yep, hanging she's out she's with the over. Rainers. I think she's setting them straight over there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was gonna say I think she is too, Glenn. Uh, I know she misses C.A.J., but um, she is happy to um, to be with the the Rainers. She did spend two full weeks in Oklahoma over Thanksgiving, um, and during that time, she did send me a few messages and say. I really love Cha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, uh, Christy, does not uh, take fools lightly. So wherever she is, uh, you're going to get it just the way it is, and it's going to be run properly. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> but no, she really enjoyed seeing you at WESA. She said it was great to catch up.
0: Yeah, we had we had a good time uh, catching. I've known her for so long now that uh, you know she's one of my old friends now. We, we we get to hang out a couple times a year in person, which is which is always a lot of fun too. But I know that uh, over at the Certified Horsemanship Association, that it is that time of year when all the planning happens for the year. So tell us what's going on that way.
2: Right now, we are very busy working with uh, programs that are organizing and getting their dates up and on our calendar to host CHA certifications. Our English and Western instructor certification, as well as vaulting certifications, driving. We have seen a huge spike this year in IRD, which is Instruction of Riders with Disability Certification. So our calendar is already starting to fill, um, and those are getting posted, continuing to be posted every day, Glenn.
0: Very good. And how do you find them again?
2: Uh, the easiest way to do it is go to CHA.horse, and from our main home page, go right to the middle. There's our logo. It says, Find CHA Certifications and Workshops, and there's this great dropdown. You can look by date, location, type of certification. It's pretty
0: easy. Because these the ones you're posting are across the board for all kinds of things.
2: Yep. For all types of different types of certifications, correct. And even um, we have folks who are already starting to get their seasonal certifications up for their staff over the summer. Um, again, I we're really lucky this year. It seems like we're having some of everything on our calendar. We even have a, a trail um, guide certification posted for this year. It's later in the summer, but that's up as well. So it's exciting.
0: And including two of the things we're trying to talk about today.
2: Correct. Uh, Vaulting certifications can be found there as well as driving certifications.
0: And that's what we're going to talk about today. We have uh, Sarah coming on. She's going to talk about vaulting. And then we have a return guest, Phil. He's going to be on later in the show. And we're going to talk about driving. Of course, that's the one I'm passionate about. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. I got to watch a good bit of vaulting when I was at the World Equestrian Games, so both the times we had the show about the games. And we got to cover it and talk to the vaulters. And uh, when you get to the FEI level in vaulting, one, they're crazy. Um, they do some nutty things, but they're all just so energetic. I guess you'd have to be, <laughs> to be a yep. molter at that level. Yep. Uh, well, but they're, they're so energetic and they're a lot of fun to interview too. Yep. Well,
2: I could say the same thing. Those, some of those, uh, combined driving, um, drivers are, uh, are moving pretty fast. Yes. Um, yes. and there are some crazy things. I personally am not a driver. So sometimes that gets to me too. I'm like, Wow, the things they do at that level.
0: Yes, that is true. <laughs> no question. Um, are wild. All right, right, let's. Uh, why don't we get to our first guest, and we have Sarah coming up next.
2: We have Sarah Triplett, who has been a trainer and instructor for Girl Scouts of San Juancito Council in Texas since December of 2018. Um, she has grown up participating um, in Girl Scout equestrian programs learned horsemanship, um, and even has been introduced to the sport of vaulting, which she's joining us to talk to, about today. She continued to study um, in the equine industry and went to West Texas A&M University. Uh, she competed huntsey and Western there, was on their equestrian judging team, and has been with Girl Scouts for some time doing a variety of different things, but specifically vaulting. And has uh, helped them this year grow their team, and they've been participating in IEA shows. So we're really excited to have you today, Sarah, to talk to us um, a little bit more about vaulting. But if you could start out by telling us how you got involved with court horses and turned this into a career, we would love to hear it.
1: Really, it started, I grew up just loving horses, asked for horseback riding lessons for my birthday, and my parents told me I had to wait until I was 10 years old. Um, and really, since then, it's been nonstop ever since. So, uh, participated in riding lessons, did the camp program, where it's a level system, you work your way up through the horsemanship levels, kind of similar to Pony Club. Um, and really, that Ended up me being in high school, wondering what I was going to do for college. I knew college was in the picture, and we started researching schools and found West Texas A&M with a equine industry degree as well as a pretty fantastic um, riding team. So, ended up getting on the team out there, and I really feel like I went to college just for horses between my degree classes, team, and all of that. So, I was really lucky to be able to graduate on time and ended up taking that. To a veterinary clinic and worked at a vet clinic for five, six years. And eventually, the camp program, the job came open, and it was one of those once in a lifetime chances to really apply. And that way, I can give back to a program that gave me so much as a child.
2: Wow, that's awesome mm. <laughs> to hear that story growing up that way and then coming full circle back to the um, to the same. Camp. Yes. <laughs> that really is amazing. Um, and when you started there, the camp, the Girl Scout camp you're at did not necessarily have um, a vaulting, correct? They were just doing writing. Tell correct. us a little bit about yeah. how you grew that vaulting program.
1: So, in high school, what ended up happening every year, they have a weekend that celebrates the girls that have volunteered the most hours. They call it 100 hour weekend. Um, And they always do something a little different. So, the year, whatever year in high school, um, they ended up having one of the teams from Texas, one of the vaulting teams, come out and do a demo and show us about vaulting and brought their barrel and let us get on the barrel and play around. So, it really kind of um, lit the flame to speak of, Hey, this is something that I can do in the equine field. And, you know, it's a sport that not everybody is aware of, but it really is successful for everybody. Um, so it was, it was that one little demo that I got to see in high school and it kind of built that next year. We ended up getting a barrel out here at the camp. They took one of the old driving horses, a big Belgian, they turned her into a vaulting horse and we got to start vaulting out here.
2: Wow, that's awesome. It does. It just takes one tiny little spark to uh, to get you involved. Um, so, as you said, the camp that you're at now um, does provide vaulting as an option, but you have had uh, quite the journey. I know, um, specifically this last year with CHA, you went yes. and became a CHA vaulting certified instructor and um, a certifier, correct?
1: That is correct. And we did that all while hosting it here at the camp. So, that was the first time we posted a vaulting certification here. Uh, So, that was a big undertaking all at once. But it was um, really the idea came into effect. You know, after working at the camp for some time, having a riding certification through CHA, it, it just made sense for us to start looking into the vaulting one. And so, I had worked with other vaulting coaches. I've worked with USCF judges in the vaulting industry. But because I never competed when I was a child, I didn't have a background to say, hey, this is what I've done when I talk to parents and really showcase of what my knowledge is in vaulting. So the CHA certification was a great option for us to be able to tell parents, um, volunteers, insurance that, hey, I am, I know what I'm talking about and I'm able to teach in that safe and effective manner.
2: So will you share with us a little bit just about the experience of hosting the CHA vaulting certification um, and uh, what you and the other participants um, participated in and kind of in like the, the daily components of it?
1: Yeah. It So it in the sense of a riding certification, you know, we're all teaching each other in you know, and you get to be a participant in the other coaches lessons. And so that was a lot of fun because a lot of coaches that are vaulting coaches don't necessarily get to be up on the horse and get coached by anyone else. You know, they're the ones teaching their kids everything. So I think everybody had a blast being able to get up on the horse and really challenge each other of what we can do. Um, You know, I got up there and did my first ever canter freestyle at the certification and which was, Crazy to think, but um, we were all able to like push each other and just make sure that we were still being saved when we were in those challenging moments. Um, and it all started, you know, we did our barrel work, we warmed up on the ground, and then we took it to the horse, and you know, started at walk, trot, and then moved up to the canter.
2: That's always very exciting. I love that about all the CHA certifications that. Um... Really, everybody gets to be involved and try new things and learn new things and learning from each other. Hearing you say that, that's why we're all involved with CHA. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Just everybody, we've been able to connect through CHA and
2: Um. So you've talked
1: a little bit uh, about
2: some of the benefits of the program um, for students And horses, but could you go a little bit more in depth? I know I've talked to you so much. I know how much you love vaulting and how wonderful it's been for both your horses and students um, at
1: the camp. Yeah. So it for somebody that's looking to start this is such a great business opportunity in that you only need one horse to start a vaulting program. You need to have some kids, but Really, just one horse, and that's if you want to vault on the horse. You may just start with just a barrel and move up from there. But, you know, I can teach a lesson and have five, six, seven, eight kids up in my lesson and just have only one horse. So it gives me a chance to save some of my other horses that do riding lessons all day, every day, and just use my one vaulting horse and give everybody else a break. Um, As far as the kids go and, you know, our students... It's such a a sport where you can find success at any level. You know, I can have a first time rider up there, and maybe their success for the day is just being able to let go of the grips and just have each arm out to the side and sit in a basic seat. Um, for my kids that have maybe been vaulting for a few years, maybe their success is, hey, I stood at the trot today, and maybe I walked off the horse's back when I stood at the trot, and maybe the second time I was able to stick it a little bit longer. Um, but they're able to find that success in every step they take. And so there's never a day that goes by that the kids leave and they're really disappointed with their, their practice. Um, and, and Girl Scouts, we talk a lot about building courage, confidence, and character. And I just, this is the best sport to do that.
2: <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. It's a lot of fun to hear that. So, um, specifically, cause I know you're at a camp, but um, do yes. you have any summer camp programs, I'm just curious, that really focus on vaulting or is it just something that you incorporate with all of your other equine
1: activities? Yeah, so we we do have a couple of vaulting specific programs at this camp. And so this summer, um, well, I guess I should say last summer, we introduced our vaulting summer camp. And so we did uh, two different weeks and we had, I want to say it was between 12 and 16 kids for about half the day at the barn, they spent as their vaulting session. And so they worked on the barrel, they got their horse ready, took care of everything. And then we moved out to the arena and worked on compulsories and freestyles and even got up to some trots. And with the feedback we received, we're actually offering two different sessions this summer. Um, So we're going to have a vaulting 101 and a vaulting 102 for the kids that have been with it a little bit longer.
2: Wow, that's super exciting. I think I would say for your staff and the kids. So, wow.
1: (laughs) The staff like it because they get a little bit of a break those weeks.
2: (laughs) Yep, you're right. It is a great business model from that standpoint. Um, So, I'm curious if um, I'm not ready to be a CHA vaulting instructor, but I really would like to learn more about uh, vaulting activities and exercises related to it. How would I go about doing that? Are there opportunities out there?
1: There are. And so I would most likely start with looking at the Equestrian Vaulting USA website where you can see a list of events or clinics that they are offering, um, and even looking at the regions and seeing if there is a team close to you in the states. And so, um, Vaulting, it is kind of spread out. There's lots in, on the East Coast, there's lots on the West Coast, there's a little bit in the middle. Um, but the best thing I've learned about this discipline is that everybody's willing to help each other. And so all it takes is reaching out to another coach with a team and just say, Hey, you know, can I come watch or can I we have a phone call about what I need to start working on so that I can build this program? And everybody's willing to help.
2: That's really very exciting. And I know that CHA also um, does have um, some opportunities as well for information. You don't have to attend a vaulting certification. You can always reach out to vaulting certifiers um, and work out some sort of skills clinic as well. Correct? Yes. All right. I know there's lots of great resources. <laughs> um, What are some of, you talked a little bit, would you just, there's so many different vaulting organizations out there, but what are, again, some of the key ones for folks to take away with them if they want to look into it?
1: Yeah. So in the U.S., the key organization um, as well as CHA right now is Equestrian Vaulting USA. And that's actually, it previously was known as American Vaulting Association. They've rebranded this year and they are the ones that kind of establish vaulting for the states. Um, And then from that level, they would move up to USEF and then FEI.
2: Okay, that's awesome. Well, if folks are, if anybody is close by you in Texas, how would they connect and find the program that you are at specifically?
1: Yeah, so they can Probably the easiest way to find me is just going to CHA.HORSE, the CHA website, and you can look up my information by searching the instructors for Sarah Triplett. Um, you could also look up through my Girl Scout Council, gssjc.org, to find um, different information on, on our vaulting programs. Well, thanks so much. This has really been from the ground up today. I appreciate you guys having me on so I can chat vaulting with you.
2: Well, we enjoyed hearing from you. It's amazing. I learned something from, from everyone all the time because I am not personally a vaulter. My kiddos have um, done some vaulting at summer camp um, and really, really enjoyed it. So I know from a parent standpoint, how amazing it is. Um, So kudos to you guys for growing your program.
1: Thank you. We appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Cut there. All right. Good job. Look at you guys. You did that with awesome. any cuts at all.
1: Perfect. Oh, good. <laughs>
3: it was
2: great. Thanks so much, Sarah. My yeah. gosh, that's a lot of good information. I know I asked other questions that are not in there, but that's really what that's this okay. is all about.
1: <laughs> appreciate it. Well, I think I thank you guys for letting me talk vaulting with you because I know um, it's it's a sport we want to keep alive.
0: Well, it was always good to hear about vaulting. And next up, we're going to talk about my favorite thing, which is driving. I had to drive my pony not too long ago. I talked about that on the show. And I also did want to mention that Jamie and I will be back tomorrow for a Wednesday episode as normal. And if you want to get your ads in for really bad ads, get them into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. And, of course, you can find the CHA website at cha.horse. Well, next up is Phil, and we're going to talk about driving.
2: Bill Peterson is joining me, and uh, he is joining us from Washington. He is going to talk driving today. He is currently a CHA Master Instructor and Certifier, English and Western Instructors, Pack and Trail, Combined Arena, Trail Certifications, Driving, and our Equine Facilitator mani- Facility Manager certification as well. He wears a lot of hats with CHA. He's a site visitor. And he's been a member of CHA since 1980. He has sat on a number of committees, research and development, standards and accreditation, and has also served in capacity on our board as president and treasurer over a 12-year period. We're really excited that you're going to share a little bit more with us about driving and driving certification. Um, So... If you could start out, Phil, I know you've been on our show before, but tell us a little bit more about your horse background um, and specifically how you got involved in driving.
3: Okay. Yes. uh, Actually, driving was one of the first things that I learned. Uh, I was a a young, uh, enthusiastic uh, (laughs) horseman, I guess, back in... My early days, I went to a place called Rawhide Ranch in Southern California. And uh, at this facility, they had uh, oh. probably 5,000 uh, campers a year that would come through their program. And one of their uh, classes was driver's education. So they would, uh, they had this herd of ponies and uh, they would teach the campers to drive these ponies uh, as well as their riding lessons of course but the uh the part that i uh, learned there was uh on sunday when the campers would check in uh they weren't allowed to drive their cars onto the camp they had to park in a parking lot and we would pick them up in horse drawn vehicles so uh, i drove drove a variety of vehicles from a, a or up hitch on a stagecoach to, um, you know, flatbed wagons and so on and so forth. Uh, during these check-in processes, we'd haul their luggage and their the kids up to where they check in and to their cabins and so on and so forth.
0: Nothing like so. breaking you in with a foreign hand. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Here, take all these reins and drive the horses. <laughs> oh,
2: that's like a true, authentic camping experience. Yeah. I want to get signed oh, up was. for that.
3: <laughs> you bet. It was pretty oh. uh, authentic, yes.
2: Oh, And from there, though, you got involved in a lot of other equine activities as well.
3: Right. And okay. uh, so I stayed with the summer camp programs for 30 years. And we did a similar thing at the camp that I ran in Port Orchard, Washington, Miracle Ranch. And uh, we would pick the kids up and on, a, on a hay wagon, basically. And we, we did driving throughout the, uh, the week with our day camp program and so on and so forth. So driving mostly a team of Belgians. And we had a standard bred team as well, so that was.
0: A did you find great some? Experience. Did you find some of the kids would pick up driving and not like riding, or were they just into
3: everything? Oh, they yeah. I think they were into everything. If they loved horses, they loved loved it all. But yeah, there were some kids that definitely liked the driving uh, more than others. And uh, yeah, I think the, the the fear factor. You know, you're you're not on the horse, so they. Feel like they're uh, a little less in control, but um, I think you know, good trained horses are going to be well suited for any kind of activity like that. So Yeah,
0: it's it's funny because a lot of our listeners listening right now do not have tried driving, and my my. Coast Jamie for for instance, and just do not like driving, um, and right. and yet you know I can't imagine doing anything else. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yep. you know, I you know it, they do have a point. It is it, you know when you add a cart and you know something goes south, it can be more dangerous than than riding. Riding, you're probably going to hit the ground. Here you have the cart to deal with or the carriage to deal right. with. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: Well. I think it's exciting. I am not a driver myself, but I think it's a wonderful, um, and amazing. And it's where so many people get their first touch, um, of horses. If you're, if you're living in a city, so, um, right. cause they see, right. Those carriage, the horses out there, um, in the parks that are, you know, carriage driving and it, it's a great, um, opportunity, but CHA focuses, um, a lot as you know, Phil, um, on safety. And so, would you share a little bit about the CHA driving instructor um, and driver certification, uh, how you became involved as a certifier? I know our focus has always been on safety, but you've been involved in that program for quite some time.
3: Right. Well, from the inception, uh, we we saw that as an opportunity to uh, certify drivers as well as driver instructors, not everybody wants to be an instructor of drivers. They just want to be able to be a safe driver, and so we kind of have two parallel uh, certifications going with the driving program, so that we can um, certify people who aren't interested in really being an instructor. But our uh, our whole goal was to set up a system by which we could evaluate and certify people who are driving horses so they're aware of the safety issues they're aware of equipment they're being empathetic towards their horses as well as their passengers you know if they're taking people on, on rights and being aware of the public at large I, i'm sure every driver out there has had an experience where you know public will just come up to their horses, you know, or they'll mm-hmm. drop a ball or something and roll underneath the horses and they'll chase after it. And, uh, you know, there's a variety of things that happen, uh, when you're out there with people milling around your horses while you're trying to drive. So dealing with those types of things and, a and safe and, and, uh, no, trusting your horses, you know, to be unflappable, you know, in those situations, um, we were just talking yesterday about you know mo- most commercial drivers just walk their horses everywhere, and you know what if your horses you know break into a trot, you know w- what's your safe way to bring them back down and get them to relax and and not uh, react? So the, our driver certification then becomes you know looking at those situations and how do we deal with them and and you know how do we interact with uh, the public around us how do we interact with our passengers how do we put them at ease and uh And maintain control over the vehicle and the horses. So,
0: Okay, so I got a question because one of the first things that you run into when you learn how to drive is the harness and fitting a harness properly. Is that something you go into? Because, let me tell you, I still have to look at my harness and all the pieces. When I take it apart to clean it and then put it back together, I'm like, oh. I should have made more mental notes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Take
3: a picture of it first, right? (laughs) Exactly. Which
0: hole was this again? That is tough because as you're driving different horses, different sizes, the harness does need adjusted.
3: Yes. So, yeah, every horse is just a little bit different. So um, even in a team, you might have two horses side by side that are just a little bit different length or a little bit higher taller. So adjusting that harness, uh, the the draft points and and uh, the connection points to the the vehicle are, you know, adjusted in a way so they're pulling evenly and they're uh, comfortable for the horse and they're not, um, you know, too tight so they're, you know, chafing them all the time or they're not too loose so they're they're ineffective, and uh, yeah, adjusting harness is an important part of. Uh, putting a horse to a vehicle
0: so and, it, and when yeah. you're first learning it's it's one of the most confusing parts for sure right because yes when you see on the new driving pages on facebook uh new driver pages that's the most asked question is this set up right you know yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: so phil during the certification um you said it's both uh, for drivers as well as individuals who are uh, interested in teaching driving um but right. there are a couple of sessions that, as a certifier, you do review or go over. But the other piece of it is um, the participants who are going through to become certified are also um, teaching and speaking to some of those things. Right. right? Okay. And Yes. It's, how does that work as far as... Um, I think to Glenn's question, like there's really a lot of education. Can you talk a little bit about how it's also kind of this educational opportunity for all involved?
3: Sure. Well, the certifiers are people who have been certified in the past and gone through the process of uh, uh, our certification process is pretty unique in in the way that we, uh, you know, we, we watch somebody teach a lesson or demonstrate. Straight a skill, and then we evaluate it uh, based on our criteria in our syllabus. You know, in terms of was that safe? Was the equipment adjusted properly? Was the you know the communication that the driver had with the passengers effective and safe? And then, uh, so just in that, it's a it's a learning process because we're we're getting immediate feedback on. How the driver did, and how they communicated, and so on and so forth. Um, the certifiers themselves also teach sessions on uh, risk management and safety uh, protocol, and how we, um, you know, are professionals in terms of our um, the standards that we think are important for. Uh, safe programs, including driving. So those sessions are are designed to be open dialogue between the participants and the certifiers or how they can become uh, more safe and effective drivers. So,
2: Well, that's awesome. And I love the way that uh, CHA driving certification incorporates um, safety is always at the foremost of all things we do. But um, as Glenn right. said, too, so many things can happen in a driving situation. It's not just That's the right. horse and the, the driver. It's the cart and there are other people involved. So
3: um, right. it's a different so situation. Things go, the fun goes away when, the, when things go south. So,
0: So, yeah. the, so I have to ask you. So one of the things that uh, we talk about a lot in this show, I did the driving show for a lot of years, and bolting always comes up, right? And I don't mean to scare people here. I just wanted to know from the safety point of view, we've had this discussion with uh, David Saunders and a couple other professional drivers too. When You know, when the inevitable situation in a lifetime, your horse is going to bolt at some point. So what is the proper instruction for when a horse bolts? Now, David Saunders, who drove there for the queen, uh, said, point them toward a solid object like a wall, and one of two things is going to happen. You're going to stop, or they're going to turn quick, and you're just going to come off anyway, right? So so what do you (laughs) teach in a bolting situation?
3: Well, obviously, if if your horses are are trained to respond to the bit, uh, you can work them down, you know, by, you know, in a snaffle or um, uh, a driving bit, a seesaw motion will bring them down generally. If they're just holding the bit and running, then, yeah, keeping them, well, pointed in a safe direction, I guess, is the first thing (laughs) you want to do. (laughs) But, yeah, if if you have something, an object that will encourage the horses to uh you know, slow down or stop, uh that's all, also an option. But generally after the initial bolting, you know, the, the horses will start to figure out, okay, nothing's happening <clears throat> that I, I can't deal with. So they'll they'll tend to slow down and, and and I think that's the importance of having, you know, seasoned horses, especially if you're you're driving with people you know if you have uh, a team you know you generally you have teams that were started together or that ha- you have an older uh, driving horse with a younger driving horse that's they're going to calm the other one down um, if something happens like that so
2: yeah gotcha. well we know that that's a big part again being safe of the CHA certification so thank you for for taking um, some time to focus on that. Will you sure. talk with us a little bit? Um, driving programs can be, um, can be a lot of fun. And you talked really earlier about just getting involved in driving um, and how uh, camp was using it in a, a fun, creative way. Um, but about driving programs and the benefits for students and horses.
3: Well, I think, uh we have some programs out there that are using them uh for riders with disabilities as well as our, our drivers with disabilities. And they have a, a cart that they use that is actually wheelchair accessible. So um that's kind of an interesting uh way to use the, the driving as well as you know able-bodied students you know i think they all are fascinated by the opportunity to you know drive a horse and um, learn the proper way to you know control the horse and and so on and so forth so i think the the programs that i i'm aware of you know as well as the commercial drivers generally they um go through a training process or an apprentice process with their drivers and uh, make sure the drivers are ready to, you know, take control of the, the horses, the vehicle and the passengers and so on and so forth. But um, kids that are, you know, interested and want to learn how to drive, have, you know, opportunities in all these um, associations, you know, that are doing driving and, and want to promote it as part of their, uh, the industry. So, yeah.
2: So, and, and driving is really for individuals of a wide variety of ages too. Um, we were, I think we were on a joint call the other day with some of our driving certifiers and someone was, was sharing how important it is, um, that, you know, folks can drive, um, I know they also ride sometimes later into life, mm-hmm. but that a lot of people will go ahead and drive um, much yes. longer. Is that right as well?
3: Right. Yes. Yeah, I think mobility is a is a huge thing. If you can't, you know, mount your horse anymore, or, um, you know, you're, you have some kind of uh, a pain, you can get vehicles that are, you know, ergonomically correct and can serve you well as a, as a driver. So yeah, not all of it is combined driving competitions where people are going 90 miles an hour through the course. So,
2: (laughs) Oh, that's true. And as far as the horse goes, um, I think, is it something that horses do only or do horses um, at programs you've been at get utilized in a variety of different activities or if they're driving specific horses, is that where, um, they spend their time?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, there are, you know, other, uh, disciplines that horses can, you can do, um, you know, at our camp we used our horses for driving the same draft horses were used for our vaulting program. Um, the kids were doing gymnastics on horseback, um, some of our horses that were lighter uh, were riding horses as well. So, um, yeah, there are combined uses for, for driving horses. And generally, you know, once they uh, are broke to, you know, follow their their head and, you know, they can be driven from behind, you can transfer that to a for riding discipline as well. So,
2: yeah. That just adds some versatility to them. I think you're right, which is very nice. Um, So I'm curious if someone is not quite ready to um, jump into a CHA um, driving instructor or driver certification, um, how would they go about learning more about driving um, and get the experience that they might need to, in the future, be able to do that? Yeah,
3: sure. Uh, Well, we just talked about that as well the other day uh, regarding a skills uh, clinic where uh, some of our certifiers would be involved in teaching and, you know, helping drivers to get to the point where they could be certified or, or take the unknown factors out of the certification. Most people feel like, that feel that they aren't ready it's just because of what they don't know about the process and generally that when they show up they go oh yeah i've done all this before and they get a little bit more confident in their abilities than to demonstrate their driving skills so we we break it down into you know parts of the harness and you know preparing your horse we we uh, then step into a process of putting the horse to the, the vehicle and evaluating that and how it's hitched and so on and so forth. And then getting the driver into position and then doing a variety of exercises um, with the horse, maybe ground driving first, you know, where you're walking behind the horse so that you don't have the vehicle to deal with. You're watching how the horse respond to each of your, uh, cues and then doing the same type of exercises with a vehicle hooked to the horse. So, uh, skills clinics is a good way to do that. And we're hoping to, to offer those, uh, through CHA and, uh, you can find those on our, uh, calendar of events.
1: Um,
2: All
3: right. Yes.
2: Well, thanks so much, Glenn, for, um, for asking a lot of great questions and Phil for um, being able to answer all of these questions about the CHA driver certification and driving instructor certification. Uh, it's something that not everybody is aware of, um, but is really That's right. a great opportunity.
3: It's good to be here, Jacqueline.
0: Well, thank you for putting that together today. It's always fun talking about those two topics and it does show the variety of things the CHA does that you might not have thought of.
2: That's true. CHA has so many programs and it amazes me every day, uh, all of the different programs that we provide resources for.
0: When you can find the past episodes of the CHA at horsesinthemorning.com, just scroll down to the CHA banner in the middle of the page, click on that, and that'll bring you to all the past episodes. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook at Horses in the Morning, and you can follow Horse Radio Network on Twitter at Horse Radio. And where can they find the CHA?
2: Just join us at CHA.horse, H O R S E, and you can find all things available for certifications and education this year.
0: And, you know, we have a lot of shows on the Horse Radio Network now. We have over 40. We've combined the uh, Equine Network shows with the Horse Radio Network shows, so now we have over 40. But you can just find them all at horseradionetwork.com. Scroll down, and you'll see them broken down into categories to make it a little easier to find what you're looking for. And that's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Jamie and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jacqueline. Appreciate it.
2: Yep. Thanks, Glenn.